0: Hello, my name is Ricky Turner, and welcome to Turner Takeover. I am currently a sophomore journalism student at Temple University. And, you know, I started this podcast because I am a huge sports fan. Um, I'm a huge Steelers and Wizards fan. And so I'm mostly going to be discussing NFL and NBA news. And at the end of each show, I'll probably discuss one or two random topics and I'm going to let the audience choose those so I'll post them on my social media accounts. My Instagram is the all american 84 all lowercase and my Snapchat is r turner 07 and I'll probably post what you guys want to talk about at the end of each show on there and hopefully this turns out good. I'm excited to get this going. And let's begin. Hello and welcome here to episode 12, and this is going to be an NBA episode. We're going to get started here with the biggest news in basketball right now, probably Russell Westbrook's triple-double record. And Russell Westbrook officially broke Oscar Robertson's 47-year triple-double record of 181. Westbrook finished with 28-21, 20 points, 21 assists, 13 rebounds, and a 125-124 loss to the Atlanta Hawks, in which the Wizards were down 17 going into the fourth. <clears throat> Westbrook, in the fourth quarter alone, almost had a triple-double. He had 11 points, 10 assists, and 6 rebounds to, to bring them back in this, to, to even have a chance to win this game. And, you know, Russ has always been one of my favorite players just because he's one of those guys. He, he plays balls to the wall. I love his energy. He brings it both sides of the floor No matter if it's the first game of the preseason or game six of the NBA Finals. Um, You know, this guy's an energy bunny. He's a guy. He's a scrappy. He's not going to give in. And he's a guy you know you're going to get there all. Every single night he's on the floor. And to me, there's never really been a point guard like Russ. Just with all of his athleticism, his 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 rugged style of play, you know, downhill, throwing it down as a guard, getting in there, getting rebounds, um, and and, the, and just the numbers that he puts up, I don't think they're comparable to anyone else's. Like, yeah, you could say Oscar Robertson, I mean, but but like, see, Russ, like, he doesn't just put up like 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 15 10 and 10. He doesn't put up those Jason Kidd triple doubles. He doesn't put up like, you know, like yeah, like, you know, like 10 10 and 10, like barely getting. Like Russ is like one of those guys Magic even said. It. He's a one of a kind player because he he's he doesn't put up like like these barely triple double numbers. Like when Russ is out there, as I said earlier, in his in his triple double game, he's he's when where he broke the record. 28, 21, and 13. I mean, he's he's another... He could put up 25, 20, and 20 if he's one. We've seen him put up like 40, 20, and 20. Like, Russell Westbrook is just one of those guys, like... Like, in terms of counting numbers, if, if we just want, like, points, rebounds, assists, there's never been a guy like him. There's never been a guy you could compare him to. He's in a class of his own in terms of putting up those kinds of numbers. I mean those numbers they always they don't always translate to winning with Russ but again there's never been a guy who could do that there there's, a, there's a, you you there's never been just a guy who could do that and you know props to him he he deserves it um he's he's, he's just he's a hell of a player he's a you know he's he's an off the court guy he's he's always involved in the community he's a family guy you know and you know he's also been one of the most criticized players in the league just because of his style of play and just because some people think he's a bad teammate and even I questioned that coming into Washington but you know I'll admit I was wrong you know you heard Bradley Beal rave about him you've heard Rui Hachimera rave about him. Robin Lopez. All of these guys love Russell Westbrook. And honestly, you know, I'll admit it. They're probably not better with John Wall. Because John Wall can't put up those kinds of numbers. Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, night in and night out, have to be nearly on their A game. They have to put up these ridiculous numbers. Like, you saw Beal put up 50. Um, you know, he's the second leading scorer in the NBA. Russ is, you know, one of those guys, he's top of the league in assists. Um, I mean, he, he's been spectacular for the Wizards. And, you know, I hope he has some good years left in him because right now it doesn't look like he's slowing down. And what I like about Russ this year, he's also not shooting as many threes. He's sort of taken the back seat to Bradley Beal. He's like, okay, you know what? You're the primary scorer. You're the guy that's going to need to score a lot for us to win. I mean, when Bradley Beal was out, obviously that's a different story. Russ has to, you know, score, rebound, assist, do all of that. But, you know, he, he's just he's – he's been spectacular, and he deserves this record, and I, I'm, I'm curious to see. What is he going to end at in triple-doubles? Is he going to end at 250? Like, we thought – Oscar Robertson's record was untouchable. Russell Westbrook is going to shatter this. Like, he's, we don't know where this is, his it's going to stop. Like, 200, 250, 240, like, where is he going to, where's this record gonna end at? Because now it's probably officially untouchable with him. Because we might never see a player like put up these kinds of numbers again. You know, he's averaged a triple-double four straight seasons. I mean, this guy, he's a top-ten point guard of all time to me. I mean, that's not arguable. Um, you know, some people might argue he's top five. Eh, I'm not sure if I'd go that far. But, um, you know, again, I don't want to rain on Russ's parade, but, you know, the Wizards, although they were down 17 in the fourth co- quarter, he brought them all the way back. I'll give him that. But they had a chance to win the game. And... You know, they're down two, and he, he sort of pulls up and does this little the little flick three He doesn't, that he has no follow-through on. He sort of just flicks the ball, flicks his hand out there. And, like, you know, there was still time. I thought, you know, maybe try and drive to the rim. That's what you're good at, Russ. You don't need a three. I know he, he probably wanted a storybook ending and all that. But listen, you didn't need a three, Russ. Just, just take it to the rim. But, you know, I don't really want to focus on that because, you know, we're supposed to be celebrating Russ. The triple-double record, props to him. And, you know, he, he, I mean, he's not a good three-point shooter. He's shooting 31% on the season. But I, I don't really want to, you know, rain on his parade because, you know, this is supposed to be a celebration of Russ. And, you know, it, it, it still is impressive, you know, what he can do. To, it's arguably more impressive now that he's putting up these numbers because Russ isn't a great shooter and he's still putting up – 20, 25 a night, and he's not a great three-point shooter. He's only attempting, like, with the Wizards, I think it's like three or four a game, which is right where I want him at. Right where I want him at. I don't want him shooting any more threes than that. But um, where does Russ rank all-time? I know people have had this debate, and to me, the top three point guards in NBA history are a lock. You have, To me, you have Magic at number one, and I have Magic above Steph because... Magic's just, you know, Magic's one of those, one of those guys that, you know, he's, he's, he's just, he's, he's been incredible in the playoffs. Um, and he, and he's had big moments in the playoffs and he's had big six, you know, he's had the 45 point game when Kareem was out at center. He had to play, um, you know, Magic's a 6'9 point guard, do it all pass assist he could do all that and i just have magic above steph just because you know magic has the finals mvps he's got all that and i have steph number two you know lights out shooter greatest shooter of all time transformed the game he's argued you might be able to argue he might be the best regular season player of all time i mean this guy just goes bonkers in the regular season um change the game completely, change the way you have to guard the three-point line because this guy could pull up from 30, um, and he, his range is just unlimited, and he, he's just a special player. Third, I've got Isaiah Thomas, probably my favorite point guard of all time on one of my favorite teams of all time, the bad boy Pistons. I loved him. Gritty, um, just the little little engine of that Pistons team. Wasn't big, but scrappy as all hell. Um, would not give in. Relentless. And, you know, he was one of the guys who beat Jordan. I mean, Jordan in his... When he had Scottie, he beat him. And I, I don't think IT gets enough credit for that. He, he beat Jordan when, you know, Jordan was almost like... Pretty much at his best, or almost at his best. And you know, these those Pistons teams, you know, they were special. And then you have fourth, I have John Stockton, all-time assist leader, steals leader. I don't think the assist leader I don't think that's gonna get broken. I think he's gonna always have that. Um he's a pick and roll maestro, him and Carl Malone. Um, you know, if if not for Michael Jordan, these the, the, the jazz might have won multiple championships. I mean whew I mean him and Carl Malone just and I mean a great defensive player as well John Stockton. I mean he's a great player. And fifth, I have Chris Paul. Um you know you if you want, you could probably put Oscar Robertson above Chris Paul. Um but I have Chris Paul. I mean, Chris Paul, wherever he goes, he's a leader. Again, he's another one of those small guys. He's a pit bull. Where, and wherever he goes, he brings a winning mentality. We've seen it with the Suns, the Hornets, the Clippers, the Rockets. I mean, the Thunder. Wherever Chris Paul has gone, they've gotten better. They have just he, he he's improved their winning percentage. I mean, Chris Paul is just one of those guys that, you know, you can't, you can't count you can't count out. I mean, you know, the biggest knock against him might be championships, you know, playoff success, MVPs. So if, if you want to put, you know, maybe even Russ above Chris Paul, but to me, Chris Paul just has this winning mentality. Chris Paul, you know, just brings this sense. He, he knows how to get the most out of his guys and make them win I I don't know what else to say sixth I've got Oscar Robertson you know the triple double record and you know just a great score really ahead of his time the numbers he put up um an all-time great and seventh I've got Russ you know people have Steve Nash Jason Kidd above Russ I, I just I can't ignore the listen the triple doubles The numbers, the MVPs, All-NBA, I mean, the athleticism. We're we're never going to see this again. And I I think, you know, if you want, fine, put him ahead of Oscar. But I think Oscar's, you know, also won some championships. He's had Kareem. You know, Russ had KD, he had James Harden, They couldn't win. Um, He had Paul George, you know, couldn't win with him. Um, But I have Russ seventh, and I, I think, you know, that's a good spot for him. And that will bring us on to our next topic. How worried am I about the Los Angeles Lakers? How worried am I about them? That'll be coming up next. Brings us on to our next segment. Talking about all-time greats. Am I worried about the Los Angeles Lakers? Um... I will finally admit, yes, I am a little bit worried about the Lakers and what has transpired with them. Um, they've grinded out, you know, they've grinded out three three straight wins against the Suns, the Knicks, and then they barely beat the Rockets without AD and LeBron. Um... Listen, this team is still very inconsistent without LeBron James. That's my biggest problem. And, you know, I'll, I'll... AD, you know, it seems like he's getting back into form. He had a big night against, you know, the Suns. He had a big night against... He had a big night against the Portland Trail Blazers that they lost that night, unfortunately. But, um... AD hopefully is getting back into that dominant big man form that we've seen in year in last year, especially in the playoffs. Um, but he admittedly said um, his groin was hurting, and he had a battle through that game against and he had to battle through that game against the Knicks because, you know, they needed a win they they needed to win but like um i don't like ad's got to be healthy for this playoff run and again they i said they rested them last night against the rockets just because again it's the rockets and you know uh, they did get the win against the Rockets, although they barely won thanks to a, I think, Kyle Kuzma win the game on a driving layup. He has stepped up in LeBron's absence, and he's he's had to play a much bigger role now with AD out. So he's sort of been their number one guy, Kyle Kuzma. Um, and again, back to LeBron, because I think this is the biggest concern, just because he hasn't played him. Huh? You know, this ankle injury that LeBron has, it, it, it seems to be really nagging him because I've never seen him out this long with, like, an injury. Like, you know, he had that um that hip injury, but, like, we knew he was done then. We we knew he was going to be out for an extended period of time, but, you know, this ankle injury, you know, we've heard reports like, oh, he's, he's close to being back, you know, he's almost there, but we haven't seen him, so... I assume they're just resting him up until that play-in game against what it looks to be the Warriors, and that will be a tough test for them. But he's expected to return, I assume, sometime this week because May 18th starts the play-in game. And, you know, you can't really miss that if you're LeBron because, you know, that that's basically a do-or-die game for you. I mean, although he although he's LeBron James, the most arguably the most durable athlete in sports, you know, in terms of staying on the court, being healthy, um, you know, he's going to need some time to work and like ease back into this unless he just plans to go out there playing 30 some minutes and, you know, not risking injury again because, you know, he's going to have to go back out there. And, you know, the playoffs are coming up. And you know LeBron's going to have to play a heavy load of playoff minutes. A heavy dose of it. And, you know, you also have Dennis Dennis Schroeder. When, when will he be back? Because he's another key piece off the bench for this team. And he's a dog for them. He's a scrappy guy. Um, he's And he's a key scorer for them. So they're going to have to adjust him back into the lineup. So the Lakers, you know, aren't really in the best position coming in here to playoff time and I am worried I'll admit it Um, as I said they're scheduled to be in the play-in tournament right now is the 7th seed but they're what are they half a game behind they're half a game behind the Portland Trailblazers and for the Lakers to the Lakers need to win the Lakers need to win and Portland needs to lose Portland just lost on a controversial call to the to the to the Suns, I believe. Yeah, they lost in a controversial call. Devin Booker got a, a shaky call. I, I guess it could have gone either. Either way, it was I don't know, he, he got tapped on the arm. It was a soft call, but he got hit. I didn't necessarily agree with it, but again, it's the NBA. What are you gonna do? But you know, right now the, the Lakers are a half game behind the Trailblazers, and the Lakers have, I think, the Pacers. I think that's their last game. And the... <laughs> the Blazers have the Nuggets. So if the Lakers win and the Nuggets... If the Lakers win and the Nuggets beat the Trailblazers, the Lakers now get the... The Lakers now get the sixth seed. And... <laughs> I'm not really sure how to feel about that because... <coughs> you look at... You look at the... Sorry, my throat is extremely dry. But, I um, you look at the... The sixth seed. They'd be playing that. Los Angeles Clippers. And personally, if I'm the Lakers... I want to avoid that. I don't want to play a healthy Clippers team. I want to play Phoenix. A team that's inexperienced in the playoffs. And although they've played well this year... Um... You know, they're... They're kind of inexperienced. And you know they they could play the Warriors who are currently they've been on a on a tear. They've won four straight 7 and 3 of their last 10. Um and then you also have the Grizzlies who have won four straight 6 and 4. Um so I mean, if I'm the Lakers, I I honestly might want to avoid that 6 seed and play the Suns who are the the, the second seed, but they also have you know, limited playoff experience outside of Chris Paul and maybe Jay Crowder. And then you get LeBron coming back against the Suns, who you beat without LeBron. I mean, this this could get interesting. But on the positive side, role players have stepped up, as I've mentioned. Kuzma, um, Tor- Talon Horton Tucker had a big night against... The Knicks, to lead that, I thought that game was over. I thought the Knicks had a one with like three minutes left. I'll look back. The game's in overtime, and Talon Horton Tucker took over. I think he finished with a double-double. He had 13 points, 10 assists. Montrez Harrell stepped up. Um, I mean, they've had a lot of guys step up for the Lakers. As I said, Kuz, I think, had like 26-point night against the Rockets, and he got the game winner off of a, 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 dry, a floater, I think, a lay-in so that to win that game and that was huge you know they've they remain in that seven spot I mean not like they're going to fall out of the seven spot but you know those are the only two spots not set in the east the six and seven spot but we'll well I guess outside of the eight and nine maybe for the Warriors and the Grizzlies but um and the Lakers listen. They're, they still got a stout defensive team. They're still one of the best defensive teams in the league. Um, they're, they're still a dangerous 7th seed. LeBron, listen. we LeBron is still LeBron. LeBron is still that bad man. We know what LeBron James could do. So let's not count out LeBron just because of this groin injury. Um, I, I think the Lakers will make the playoffs. I think they will get the 7th seed. And I think they're still a threat. And, you know, as I mentioned... Um they're going up against a Suns team that hasn't really been experienced in the playoffs, you know. They're going up against a pretty young team, you know, CP3. You know, he also ha- they don't really have much playoff experience outside of him, so and that's where the Lakers have an edge, especially in that in that category of, you know, playoff experience. But I am um, worried about the Lakers, though. I'm just a little worried. Um, but I think they will make the playoffs. And, you know, I, I think they're going to go into a tough series against the Phoenix Suns, and we'll see what happens there. And But, you no, know, that's all for Mr., Mr. LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, next, we will be moving on to the Boston Celtics. Got some unfortunate news. As Jalen Brown is now done for the year. How does this affect them? You know, not only, well, yeah, going into the postseason. How does this affect the Celtics now? That will be coming up next. And now moving on here into our next topic. Jalen Brown done for the year the Celtics that is a huge blow for them as he is having a career year almost averaging 25 points but he will have season-ending wrist surgery and that is a huge blow to one of the best you know two-way players in this in this league and to the Celtics who you know although they've had a disappointing year this team as they've they have the firepower they have the firepower at least you know, you had Kemba, you had Jason, you had Jalen. You know, those three, you know, although they are a seven seed and they haven't played up to expectations this year, you know, they could have, this team could have easily been a surprise run out of the East and, you know, maybe challenged or at least, you know, given a little bit more competition to the Brooklyn Nets than maybe any of the other playing teams could have. But, you know, you look at look at um the celtics now um you know they're obviously in the play-in they're probably going to be either facing portland or i mean not (laughs) charlotte or indiana here depending on what happens indiana right now is playing la so that is a huge game for both teams actually as the lakers try to get the sixth seed or at least contend for the sixth seed with portland um but Indiana or Charlotte will be facing Boston there in the first play in game for the seven or eight or the seven seed. But how does this affect Boston? And Boston's had a relatively disappointing year. They were expected to be in the top four, you know, along with Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, you know, just because of the, the firepower that Boston had. Um, but, you know, they've dealt with injuries, chemistry issues. Um, you know, you've heard, I think Kendrick Perkins blast them the other day that they they just don't want to play. It seems like they don't want to be out there. And to me, I think Brad Stevens might have lost this team. It looks like, you know, although they've had injuries, you know, it just, I'm not sure if Brad Stevens is going to be there after this year. It, it just doesn't look promising. You know, a team with this much talent shouldn't be you know they shouldn't be 35 and 35 and you know i expect some changes after this off season. but you know we'll worry about the offseason later we're talking about right now so you know i expect them to beat charlotte um or charlotte or indiana whoever they play because you know charlotte has been without gordon hayward they've lost three in a row they're three and seven in their last ten and so is boston who's lost four in a row. They're 3 and 7 in their last 10, but I expect Boston to beat Charlotte or Indiana. I mean, Gordon Hayward doing with the foot injury and I also Indiana started off the year off great. Started the year off great, but uh they've sort of fallen off. Um you know, they have Sabonis, but again, they don't really have a true star either. They're sort of a, a bunch of really good players in Indiana, and that was my concern. Early in the year, that you know, Indiana is just a bunch of really good players, and here we are, and they're sitting at the ninth seed in the play-in play game, tied with the Hornets for the eighth seed play-in game, and the Wizards are also only a, the Wizards are a half a game out for the play-in, like with with Charlotte and Indiana. So maybe the Wizards, you know, maybe they face the Wizards for the seven and eight seed playing game, but uh, I don't, you know, I see the Celtics keeping the 7th seed whoever they play, I think I actually think the Wizards might have the best shot at beating them if the Wizards could possibly get in the 8 in the 8th spot, um, we've seen it before the Wizards and Celtics have had good matchups this year, and I think that would be really intriguing to see them go off again for the 7th seed, but um but but if they face Charlotte, and if Boston's gonna win, and and if Boston wins, they're most likely going to face Brooklyn, and with James Harden coming back, KD, Kyrie, James Harden almost had a triple double in his first game back. Um, I don't really expect boston to be much of a challenge at most i see the series maybe going six games just because of jason tatum kemba walker marcus smart um again again the celtics are a really gritty team they're not going to just give in you know we know the history of the celtics but um i just i don't they just they just haven't looked right from game one we all we all thought oh they'd get it together They'd get it together, they'd get it together, and here we are. And they haven't gotten it together. And, you know, something seems off. I don't know what it is, and I, I expect maybe Kemble Walker to be one of the guys on the move, although he's had a good stretch of games, you know, here, down. But, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But, you know, the, the odds dar- aren't in the Celtics' favor right now. Um and you don't want to face a team with uh with the best trio of offensive players in the league, especially when, you know, you just lost your best two way player, Jalen Brown, and maybe your best all around player. Some people like to argue Jalen Brown is a better all around player than Tatum. And you could argue that because Jalen Brown has been fun he's a phenomenal. He's an all he's an all defensive player. Jason Tatum, you know, he's, we know what he can do. He's a, he's an ISO guy. He's got that mama mentality, but in the end, I think the Brooklyn Nets are just going to have way too much firepower here for the Boston Celtics. I mean, it's sad, but you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, Boston's going to go into the off season, you know. I expect Danny Danny Ainge to probably make some moves because Danny Ainge isn't a guy to remain mediocre. He doesn't like mediocrity. We've seen him be aggressive and make moves before, and I expect that to happen again in the offseason. Who, who's going to be on the move? I don't know. Um, a Celtics, you know, the one thing they've lacked is a true big. Ever since Al Horford left, you know, you had Tice. He was all right. And, you know, you really haven't had anything after that. And the funny thing is the Celtics, you know, have been in the finals the past couple, what is it, three of the past four years in the in the um, Eastern Conference Finals, but they haven't been able to pull through. And, you know, this year just, they just collapsed. And they're the seventh seed in the East, and they might not even get out of the first round. And they probably won't, to be honest. But, you know, Boston one of the most disappointing teams in the NBA this year. I think I think they're going to be looking ahead to the offseason and you know realizing you know hey we have to make some moves to get better. We really do. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know who they're going to move, but I could see them possibly moving a few guys. You know, you obviously want to keep that core of Tatum and Tatum and Brown together. You don't want to move one of those two, but, you know, you you need to do something here if you're the if you're the Celtics, and it could possibly maybe Kemba Walker. He could be one of the guys on the move. Maybe a guy, I, I know he's been the heart of this Celtics franchise the past couple of years, Marcus Smart, you know, the toughness he brings to the table, but, you know, Celtics could be looking at some change this offseason, you know, a lot of uncertainty. Is Brad Stevens gonna be the head coach? As great of a job and as great of a coach as people have said he is, you know, it, it looks to me like the Celtics, to collectively as a whole, have just given up. You know, I don't like saying that because you know these guys, you know, go out here for a living and they they really try and give it their all. But to me, it looks like the Celtics right now have just given up on their on their coach and on the season. And I, I, just, I don't see this team going anywhere in the postseason. But, you know, such is life in the NBA, you know. You have surprising teams like the Knicks at the sixth seed, a team right above them. And you have disappointing teams like the Celtics. But um, that's going to bring us on to... One of the top contenders in the East and a team the Celtic or the yeah, the Celtics will most likely be facing the Brooklyn Nets. James Harden has just returned and I'm gonna give you my thoughts on, you know, his return and, you know, where this Nets team stands right now in the Eastern Conference. James Harden has finally made his return for the, for the Brooklyn Nets, and now the Nets are probably as healthy as they've ever been going into the playoffs right now. Harden played. Harden played. He played against the Spurs. He went six of eight. I let's see. It's Harden went six of eight played 26 minutes at 18 points 11 assists as he continues to dime up I mean he's I don't know what you you know you people consider James Harden I don't know. he's like a hybrid guard I don't know what you consider him a shooting guard point guard but Harden finished with 18 points 11 assists 7 rebounds and um the Nets are healthy going into the playoffs. Durant also played went four of ten. They only played twenty-nine minutes. I think they're trying to sort of rest up these these stars here for the for the Nets just so just so they're healthy going into the playoffs and they're not run down. But, you know, how do I feel about this Nets team? You know, James Harden has always looked impressive in his debut outing. In a while, his first outing in a while after dealing with, a, was it a hamstring? I think it was a hamstring injury. But, um, you know, Harden, he looked good. He looked like James Harden always does. Almost got a triple-double. But I, 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 this Nets team to me, I mean, I think they're going to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think they're going to meet there with the 76ers. But I'm, I'm still rolling with the Sixers in the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm rolling with the 76ers to pull out to pull out the victory because I, I still think, if, if you look at this at this Philadelphia 76ers team, defensively they are tough. You got Ben Simmons. I mean, Joel Embiid. You know, I I just think it's going to be – I think it's going to be a good series. I think it's going seven games. I would be surprised if, you know, one team just dominates the other. But, you know, the the Nets finally healthy. But, you know, you look at the Sixers team. They've been playing together the entire year. The chemistry they have, you know, the Nets – haven't really had that chemistry you know even you look at again the Spurs game you know Kyrie Irving didn't play and I still think you know this this Nets this Nets team I don't think they have the chemistry necessary to win get out of the Eastern Conference never mind the finals I I truly don't I think if you look at if, if you look at the Philadelphia 76ers how they are constructed how this team can play defense it's going to be tough it's gonna to be tough for the for the Nets to beat them because you know you, you look at you know you got Ben Simmons you got Ben Simmons on um on KD then you know you also have Matisse Thybulle off the bench you can you, you put Danny Green on James Harden, you know. Kyrie, I don't know how you're going to guard Kyrie. That's, you know, unless unless you just construct a defensive lineup to go around the, around, you know, to guard this Nets team, unless they go with a more defensive lineup. I truly think, you know, the way the Philadelphia 76ers play defense, the defensive player of the year, in my opinion, With Ben Simmons Um, I think they're just going to be hard to beat And you know this isn't the Sixers team of old You know you you don't have Brett Brown coaching this team This is Doc Rivers Doc Rivers is going to have these guys ready to play Doc Rivers is, Is going to have these guys ready to win Doc Rivers is a head coach with a lot of playoff experience And you know and you also look at this Sixers team. They've got shooters now. You've got a guy like Danny Green. You got Seth Curry. Tyrese Maxey off the bench. I mean, Shake Milton. Mike Scott. Matisse Thybul. I mean, listen, the Sixers have shooters now too. The Sixers biggest liability going into the season was shooting, and they addressed that. They got shooting, and then they got, you know, Danny Green, they got defense. You got Seth Curry, you got more shooting. You got Dwight Howard, a rim protector. A guy you could, you know, who pairs well with Joel Embiid. And a guy who has playoff experience and can protect the rim. So, you know, you look at this, this Sixers team. This isn't the Sixers team of last year that was without Ben Simmons, and we saw what happened. When that Sixers team in the bubble, when they didn't have Ben Simmons, they were a whole different team. Joel Embiid was basically their only offensive offensive threat. And I just I, – I really like this Sixers team. I really do. I, I think, you know, if we're looking at an all-around team, you're looking at a team that I think is deeper than the Brooklyn Nets – I think the Brooklyn Nets still lack depth, you know. People are talking about Mike James, you know, like they, they have Nick Claxton. I but I also look at it like, who's going to guard Joel Embiid? Who? Blake Griffin? Nick Claxton? DeAndre Jordan, who hasn't really played? Like, who's going to go out there? Amir Johnson? Is Amir Johnson gonna get more minutes? Like. Who on this Nets team is going to guard Joel Embiid? I'm still waiting for that answer, cause I don't think they have an answer. I I don't DeAndre Jordan. I don't think could guard Joel Embiid. I don't. I, I don't. Blake Griffin's too small. Nick Claxton. <laughs> I really don't think he could guard Joel Embiid. I mean, this is just. It's it just. It's not looking. it's not looking good right now for the for the Brooklyn Nets I mean I, I wouldn't say not looking good I just I, I'm just a little bit worried like you know can this Nets team when it comes down to it play defense you know I get it you have three of the most talented offensive players but what happens if they don't have it going what happens if they are having an off night what happens then are you able to lock down and play defense I know KD can play defense KD's an all-defensive player. But can James Harden play defense when he wants to? Can Kyrie Irving, can he lock up when he wants to? Um, And I know we talked about it. Well, what about Ben Simmons in the playoffs? Well, as I've said before, the Philadelphia 76ers have more shootings. And I think Doc Rivers also is going to have a better game plan for Ben Simmons in the playoffs. I don't think, you know, he's... He, He's probably seen what teams have done to Ben Simmons in the past, and he's not going to let that happen again. They're sagging off Ben Simmons, and they're basically saying, someone else beat us. And Ben Simmons this year is basically averaging around, what, 15 points? But he, he's almost averaging, I think, around a triple-double. And his defense. I mean, don't get me started with that. His defense has also been outstanding. So I've... I, I really do think, you know, the the Sixers have the personnel to make it hard on the Brooklyn Nets, and I'm going to stick with the 76ers coming out of the Eastern Conference, because I think you look at their first-round matchup, they're going to go against the 8th seed. Whoever that may be, I think it's going to be the Washington Wizards. Do I think the Wizards have a shot? No. (laughs) No, no, the Wizards, if they, if, I'll be happy if they get a game off of Philadelphia, if they even get that far. If they even get out of, you know, the playing game. And then you look at, you know, the four seed. They're going to face the Hawks. I don't think the Hawks have a chance either. I, I think that the 76ers also have an easier road to the NBA Finals. You look at the Nets. You know, the Nets have the Celtics. Okay, they could probably sweep them. Maybe Celtics get a game or two at most. And then you look at, they get the, what's looking like maybe the Bucks depending on, I mean, the Bucs do have a the Bucks are going to have a tough first round, whoever they face whether it be the Knicks or the Heat both of those teams are scrappy as hell but I, th- I think the Bucks ultimately are going to be better prepared this postseason, I think they're going you know what, Drew Holiday, I think they're going to be better going into this postseason than they were in years past I really do think that the that the the Bucs are going to, you know, I think the Bucks and the Nets are going to face off in that second round matchup. And even then, I mean, the Bucs are still a hard team to beat. And I've been high on the Bucs all year and I'm still going to be high on them. I think they will give the Nets a hard time. And you saw the last two times they played the Nets. They beat them. The Bucks beat the Nets. Giannis at 45. Now we've seen what happens to Giannis in the playoffs, but As I said, I think they're better prepared. I think they have a better – I like what they've done on the bench. I think they have a good – they have Bobby Portis. Um, They have Jeff Teague. So I think this team is going to also be harder to beat in the postseason. I think the the Bucs are going to really pose a challenge, whether – to probably the Nets. I think that could possibly go seven games as well. So can Brooklyn also stay healthy – during this postseason stretch, because they haven't been able to stay healthy all season, and you can't rest your starters in the postseason. You can't. So can can James Harden stay healthy? Can Kyrie Irving stay healthy? Can KD stay healthy? They haven't been able to stay healthy all year. Why should I believe now that they will be able to stay healthy? Just just there's just a lot of question marks, you know, going into the playoffs with this Nets team. And while I think they will be in the Eastern Conference Finals, I think there is a chance that, you know, they could get knocked off by Milwaukee. That they could, you know, suffer an injury. I, I don't wish that upon them, but it's possible just based on how the season has went. And I, 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 just, I don't know. I do not know with this, with this, um, with this Nets team. But um, that is going to wrap up our segment on the Brooklyn Nets. And we will be getting into next the Portland Trailblazers. Although they just lost on a controversial call to the Suns, you know, they've been hot recently. What can, what can we expect out of the Portland Trailblazers going into these playoffs? That will be coming up in our next segment. Moving on to our next segment here. We're talking about, how about this Portland Trailblazers? They've won eight out of their last 10. You know, they just lost on a very controversial call to the Phoenix Suns. Took them right down to the wire. They lost 118-117. But man, Portland's playing well. Portland has been playing well, especially with the new addition of Norman Powell who's been playing outstanding for them. And you know, this team, I don't, you know, with the addition of Norman Powell, I think this gives them a legit third option. You know, Norman Powell is a, he's a fantastic player. And I mean, we just look at, you know, you know, what he's done here with the Phoenix Suns in in 17 games, he's averaging, you know, 17, 17 three and two a steal a game shooting around 44 percent from the field shooting 35 percent from three you know we all know what dame dollar can do he's at i mean he's averaging 29 and eight cj mccullum we know what he can do um you know he's averaging around 23 five assists four rebounds and you know he was out for a good portion of that season and it, it was dame dollar who came in and you know, really helped these guys who really kept them afloat. Um and then you you know, we got you know, we have Carmelo Anthony. We know what he can do, a reliable score off the bench for them. Yusuf Nurkic, Ennis Kanter, a reliable center duo. Roko, the three and D he brings, the impact he has on the game. Um, but unfortunately for the Trailblazers, right now they could be headed to the play-in game and you know although I think they will end up getting the 7 seed even if they do go to the play in game because I do I think they have enough, more than enough firepower to beat the warriors in that first play in matchup but um you know Damian Lillard really kept these guys afloat when CJ McCollum went out we know what kind of player CJ McCollum is you know he's he's another a very key contributor to this team and what they do and but you know if they they could be heading to the playing game just because you know they're playing the nuggets the last game of the year and the denver nuggets you know it's not like denver has nothing to play for at this point denver right now i believe is tied with the they are tied currently with the clippers or they're a game up they're tied with the clippers for the three seed and if i'm denver i want to keep that so Denver does have something to play for. So Denver is not going to be resting. You or Nikola Jokic, Michael Porter. They're not going to be resting their star players. Denver is going to be playing for that for that three seed. And Denver has played surprisingly well with even with the loss of even with the loss of J- Jamal Murray. This is a very competitive team. You know we've seen what Michael Porter Jr. What he could do. He's he's legitimately come up as a second option. And, you know, you look at their losses, you know, who they've lost to. They lost to the Nets by six. They lost to the Jazz by seven. Those are their... And then they lost in L.A. to the Lakers. But before that, I mean, they actually beat the Clippers. You know, they beat the Pelicans. They beat the Grizzlies. And, you know, the only other game they lost before that was against the Warriors. So, I mean, you know... Even with the loss of Jamal Murray, I mean, this is still a very competitive team. So, so they're not going to be resting their starters. Um, But, you know, I, I want to talk about the Portland Trailblazers. I, I think this is still a scary team. You know, you look at... You look at, you know, say they do fall to the seventh seed. If I'm the Suns, I'm not taking these the, the Trailblazers lightly because we... We know what Dame Dollar could do. We know what kind of supporting cast the Trailblazers have. They aren't going to be a pushover team. Dame Dollar is not a guy you could count out one of the clutchest players in the NBA right now. They have one of the best backcourt duos. You know, they're going to be going up against one of the best backcourt duos with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. But you know right now they're sitting at the sixth seed. You know The Trailblazers, again, are one of those teams that you can't really count out. You can't really count out and you know, Dallas is in front of them right now and it's looking like Dallas is gonna maintain that spot and Dallas could be, you know, headed to a matchup with the Clippers in the first round. But, you now, how do I feel? Personally, I like the Trailblazers' chances. Would I feel better about them playing Denver? Yes, I would. I would definitely feel that better about them playing Denver just because Denver, again, Denver doesn't have Jamal Murray. Denver is sort of compromised at that point guard spot. Even though Austin Rivers is a capable player, he's not Jamal Murray. We saw what Jamal Murray did in the bubble last year. And also, you're not telling me Austin Rivers is going to do that, but Austin Rivers, again, could give you solid numbers at the point guard spot. And they also have a guy like Monte Morris who could shoot the tree, or Frank Campazo. He's more of a floor general type of point guard, but you know, He's he got, he's a very good passer. But, you know, if I'm Denver, this is a big game for you. If, if I mean, if you keep this, it obviously allows you to avoid the play-in. And it also gives you a better matchup against a Denver team that, you know, you have the advantage in, especially in the backcourt. And, you know, Phoenix, we all know, is a, is a better defensive team. Although they are less experienced in the playoffs, um, Denver is still a team that I think you gives you a better matchup, and you, and you know the Lakers. You know they aren't going to rest their starters. You, you saw what LeBron and AD did, did today when they came back. They look pretty damn good. They look pretty damn good against. They look pretty damn good against the, albeit against the Indiana Pacers, you know. And this sets up. This sets up a, a matchup with you know in the eastern conference you know with the lakers beating the pacers you know this sets up a a possible wizards this sets up a wizards hornets who gets the 8 seed so th- so that matchup had a lot of impact you know kept the lakers in sp- in in stride for the 6 seed and also you know it allowed the wizards to possibly get a chance for the 8 seed you know indiana still has one game to play so the wizards could still fall to that ten seed. but i mean when i talk about the wizards right now we're going to talk about the blazers but yeah if i'm the blazers you know i mean you want to win this game and especially you know if you, if you win this game you know you also get a sort of a, a glimpse of possibly what you're going to see against the play in the playoffs against denver and it gives you sort of a little confidence going into that playoff matchup. Hey, we could beat these guys. We know we could beat Denver. But, you know, Denver's won three straight. And we know what Nikola Jokic could do. Probably going to win the MVP. But, you know, Portland, Portland, I wouldn't consider this a must win for Portland, but it, it would definitely be important to win this game. So, I mean i'm obviously gonna wait to see how that turns out but you know i think portland again one of those teams that has they have the capability of upsetting denver you know we'll see what happens there but you know the clippers losing you know now it's sort of you know if they had the clippers won and they maintained that three seed i would have been a little bit you know more worried and this is Again, also an important game for Denver. You don't want to lose that three seed. You don't want to fall down to the four seed. Although, you know, maybe you do want to match up with Dallas. So, you know, I guess it's all maybe strategy here. I mean, I, I know Mark Malone's not going to go out and say to his guys, you know, we we could lose this one. You know, as a head coach, you know, you want to win every game possible. And this is another game you, you, you want to beat. You want to beat a team like... Portland because it again it gives you some it gives you a mindset hey we can beat Portland but you know this Western Conference I think it's one of those conferences that anyone can beat anyone um except the eight seed I don't don't think whoever gets in at the eight seed is going to have much of a shot but I think you know you look at the two seven matchup you know that could be Phoenix Portland or that could be Phoenix LA Um, But, you know, if you're Portland here, you want to win this game. And, you know, I don't know who's going to win this game. I think it's going to be close. You know, this is a a team with a great backcourt going up against a a league MVP. So anything could happen. Any emerging star in Michael Porter Jr. I'm very interested to see who comes out of this matchup. But... You know, I'm a believer in Portland, and I believe that, you know, they have, you know, they have playoff experience with Dame Doll, CJ McCollum, Carmelo Anthony. You know, these are guys that have been in the playoffs, that have been there, that are reliable, that you know will show up. But again, very interested to see what happens in this Western Conference, but, you know, I'm cool with the Lakers. The Lakers, I think, had a weak schedule to end off the year. So I think, yeah, they're playing the Pelicans. And obviously, they're going to be playing the win. And the Pelicans, again, one of the other disappointing teams in the NBA this year. Um, I don't know what to think of the Pelicans. <laughs> but I'm just I'm excited to see. You know. What happens here with the Trailblazers? Because, you know, you look at them. As I said, their center duo, while their center duo is respectable with Yusuf Nurkic, who was a former teammate of Nikola Jokic, and Enes Kanter, those guys aren't capable defenders. And that's what I get worried about with Denver, you know, or with Portland. Who's going to defend Nikola Jokic? Who's going to defend that guy down low? Nikola Jokic is, you know, one of, he can do it all except he's not a great defender either, but you know, Nikola Jokic could, you know, pass the ball, shoot the three, and that's where I get worried with Portland, because they don't have two capable defenders at center, and you know, although that's a capable center duo for Portland, you know, they can't really dominate offensively, Enes is not a guy who could dominate offensively, he's great on the boards, you know, and I think he could give Jokic a run for his money there, but, you know, they can't Jokic and Nurkic, or Nurkic and Kanner aren't going to dominate offensively in terms of scoring. So this game could go either way. I'm intrigued to see which way it will go, but, you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, that's, we're going to be moving on to our next segment, which I'm going to be talking about, you know, the, how close it's gotten, especially in the in the middle of both of these conferences. And I'm, I'm going to I'm going to predict where I think these teams will turn out in the end coming up next. Hello, everyone. And now we get we're getting into as we come into the end of this regular season. We're talking about the remaining playoff spots that, you know, could could switch as um as we head into the last game of the season here. Um, first we're gonna start in the East. Um, we're gonna look at you know the Sixers have the the one C locked up in my opinion. The Sixers right now end the season with the Magic. Could they just be ninety seven they play them again. I do not expect, you know, that to to be much of a challenge. We got the Brooklyn Nets in second. Um, they will end the season against Cleveland. So I don't think that will change either. And they've won four straight, six out of their last 10. And I think... I think the top three C's are locked up here with Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Milwaukee. Four through six are where things get a little bit interesting. You have the Knicks at 40 and 30. The Knicks and Hawks both tied at 40 and 31. The Knicks right now have the Celtics left to play one o'clock tomorrow, today on ESPN, as I am recording this 1 a.m. Yes, I am dedicated to this. Um, you look at... The Hawks, who have a much easier opponent in the Rockets. And then you look at the Miami Heat right now. A game behind the Atlanta Hawks. But they, right now, they have the Pistons. And, you know, know, these three teams have battled all year for these three spots. But honestly... You know, looking at the remaining schedules, I think it's going to remain as it is. I think the Knicks knock off the Celtics. I I think the Hawks beat the the Rockets and I think the Heat beat the Pistons. So I I don't think anything really changes to me there. I think it's going to stay 4 through 6 and the Bucks unfortunately are going to, the Bucks unfortunately, are going to get a tough first-round matchup against the Miami Heat, who beat them last year. But, you know, that's going to be an interesting matchup just to see how that plays out. Um, we'll see. But, and then, you know, you look at the rest of the Eastern Conference. The seventh seed the Celtics have locked up. So they will be the seventh seed for the play-in game. The eight and nine seeds... 8, 9, and 10 seeds in the Eastern Conference. All, te- all three teams are tied at 33 and 38. The Hornets and Wizards basically face off for the 8th seed. The Pacers drop down as the Wizards hold. a tiebreaker against the Pacers. The Pacers are all the way down at 10 right now. And the Hornets and Wizards play tomorrow at 1 for the 8th seed and I'm obviously going to be rooting for the Wizards and you know I don't know if Bradley Beal is going to play tomorrow um, hopefully he will hopefully he will I do not know his status um, I do not uh, this. let's see I do, obviously, I, w- I like the Wizards to get the 8C just because if they, if they lose, because you look at the injury report, Gordon Hayward is out. And that is a huge blow for this Hornets team. Um, But, you know, the Wizards, <sighs> the Wizards right now, you know, the, the Hornets have already beaten the Wizards twice this season. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Hornets win again. But I would rather the Wizards get the 8C just so in case they lose, they have another chance to redeem themselves either against the Hornets or the Pacers who the Wizards have owned this season. Albeit they've been in close games, but the Wizards have beaten them in those close games. And also the Wizards have also held their own against the Celtics. So. I'd be intrigued to see, you know, the Wizards beat the Hornets and go to that 8th seed. But well, I'm going to pr- give my predictions right after this segment. Because I'm just analyzing this right now. But I'm, g- I'm going to give my predictions for the play-in tournament later. Um, but, it, well, technically this isn't the play-in tournament. But I'm going to give my two teams after this After this segment, who I think will make the play-in tournament for for both conferences. Then you switch over to the Western Conference. You got the Utah Jazz. You got the Phoenix Suns at the two. You got Denver and LA battling it out for the three and four. That's going to be interesting because as I said earlier, Denver has a tough matchup against Portland. And I don't think the Clippers have an easy—the Clippers, I don't think, have a hard team. No, the Clippers have the Thunder. So the Clippers basically have a win because the Thunder have been horrid this season. The horror, uh, The Thunder have lost nine straight. If the Thunder beat the Clippers, that would be disgraceful going into the playoffs for the Clippers. That would look terrible. But, you know, it's, you know with the Denver-Portland, that could be a playoff matchup, you know. You know, looking, previewing this game, you know, you got a key matchup down low. As I said earlier, the former teammates, Nikola Jokic, Yusuf Nurkic facing off. I don't know how much Nikola Jokic is going to play because you don't want to, you don't want another injury if you're this Nuggets team. But, you know, if you're the, the Nuggets, you want, you want to win this game. How do you win this game? Um, as I mentioned, the Blazers' backcourt is is what you need to stop with with McCollum and with Lillard. And how do you do that? These guys both shoot the three ball really well, and the Blazers offensively are a three-point you know shooting team. Um, as 41 almost 42 percent of of their offense. You know, 42% of their shots this season have become, have come behind the arc, which is the second highest in the league. And then they they don't, they don't go to the rim. They, they, it's basically three or nothing for Portland. Portland either either hits their shots from deep or, or they can't do anything at all. And then, you know, how well do they, how consistently do they hit the three? Um, the Trailblazers hit 39% of their shots, which is fifth in the league. So they hit them at a pretty consistent rate. And, you know, and Denver, they, they've been pretty... The, the Denver also allows the, the 24th, um, their 24th in, you know, three-point attempts. So this isn't a great matchup for Denver, In terms of you know scheme wise you know what portland likes to do and what denver gives them defensively but you know one thing portland doesn't do well is rebound and one thing denver is going to have to do in this game is attack the offensive glass you know portland is a great offensive rebounding team but they they, they're 21st in offensive rebound percentage um, they allow um, Denver ranks second in the league at offensive rebounding at 28.5%. So this isn't a re- this isn't a good m- match up down low. And the nuggets have won the battle on the offensive glass this season in both meetings, including a 16 to 9 advantage in their matchup back in April. And honestly, who do I think is going to win this game? I think Denver's gonna hang on. I think Denver, you know, Portland's defense has been awful. Portland's Portland's not a great defensive team. I think Denver, you're going to see hang on, it's hang on to this game. And I, I actually think, you know, you might see the Lakers jump the Blazers. I think you will see the Lakers jump the Blazers for that sixth seed. I think the let you're going to see a Lakers-Trail Blazers matchup in the first round, a pr- a matchup that I was oddly enough last year's Western Conference Finals matchup, because the Lakers, I mean, you look at them, they don't really have, um, they don't have, uh, I forget, who do they have up next? I said it earlier, they have the Pelicans, so I think the Lakers will end up beating the Pelicans. Then you look at the 8 and 9 seed with the Warriors and Grizzlies. To me, the Spurs are done. The Spurs are 2 and 8 in their last 10. I I think whoever plays the Spurs will get a win. But, you know, you look at the Warriors at 38 and 33. Who, did, who do they have? The Warriors are, basically have the Grizzlies. They, they The Warriors face the Grizzlies tomorrow at 3.30. So, um... That's a winner take all matchup for the 8 and 9 seed. And but, but how I think the west will stack up, I think I think you're going to see Utah at 1, Phoenix at 2, Denver at 3, the Clippers at 4, Mavericks at 5, Lakers at 6, Blazers at 7, Warriors at 8, Grizzlies at 9, Spurs at 10. And in the Eastern Conference, I think you're going to see the Sixers at 1, Nets at 2, Bucks at 3, Knicks at 4, Hawks at 5, Heat at 6, Celtics at 7. Mm. Ah, Who do I go with that 8 here? Wizards at Hornets? I'm gonna go with the courage of my conviction. Wizards at eight, Hornets at nine, Pacers at 10. Does that mean the Wizards get in to the play-in tournament? I don't know, you're gonna have to stick around for the next segment where I predict, you know what, We I, I ain't making another segment for this. We're just going right into it. So I'm predicting the Eastern Conference first, Celtics-Wizards. I think you're going to see, I think, so right now I have Celtics Wizards. I am going with the Wizards to beat the Celtics for the seventh seed. And I think, ooh, hmm, this Stuff. I think think you're going to see the Pacers beat the Hornets. And I think you're going to see the Celtics beat the Pacers. And the Celtics get the 8th seed. Book it. Book it. Book it, book it, book it. I think. So I think think your first round matchups in the Eastern Conference will be as followed. The 1-8 matchup will be Sixers-Celtics. 2-7 will be Nets-Wizards. The 3-6 will be Bucks Heat and 4-5 Knicks Hawks. In the Western Conference, I have the Blazers at seven, Warriors at eight, Grizzlies at nine, Spurs at 10. I think the Blazers beat the Warriors for the seventh seed. I think the Grizzlies beat the Spurs to advance to whoever gets the eighth seed. And I think the Warriors with Steph Curry, the bad man he is. This is a, that's gonna be a good matchup though at 3.30 tomorrow. Because both teams have won five in a row. I'm going with Steph Curry. I'm going with Steph Curry and the Warriors to get the eighth seed. So, here will be the matchups in the West, I believe. When the playoffs start, I believe these will be the matchups. I believe you have the... The Utah Jazz against the Golden State Warriors. The Phoenix Suns against the Portland Trailblazers, The Denver Nuggets against the Los Angeles Lakers. Western Conference Finals from last year. And I think you're going to see a Clippers Mavericks series that if you remember last year was pretty good up until Kristaps Porzingis got hurt at the 4-5 matchup. That will be all for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Hope you enjoy. And I will have a big announcement coming this week about next episode. So you just have to wait to see on my social media for an announcement because I will be hosting an IG live sometime this week to announce that. Have a great day, y'all. Good night.